welcome. Come one, come all. Mamba Ant and KO2 Time are back with the AK170 podcast. It has been well over a month. The last, I think last time we did the podcast was June. June, for real? I think like June 27th was before I came back to New York. So, Oh, yeah, that's facts. In the words of Eminem, hello. Mm. Allow us to introduce ourselves. I'm sorry that we've been away for so long. Life happened. Not really. We just never got around to doing this. <laughs> I mean, life happened for me, man. I've had an interesting time since coming back to New York. Um, Oof. Shit, that's to say least. Uh, what else has happened? Um, starting some new things up. Streaming world is looking like I'm about to you know, get back on my BS. I'm going back to back on my bullshit. Uh, you know, it's a good, it's been a, it's been a nice, nice, good start. Next month, me and KO are back doing school for the last dance last oh year. Oh my gosh, bro. I'm not even ready for that, bro. And I'll type in, though. I'm not even gonna lie. Bro, I gotta put. We got. We, I, I got. I gotta pull up with the with the Jordan on with the Jordan um shirt on. <laughs> I'm crying. My la- the last dance. I would. I would, Oh, get that pinstripe. That's pinstripe though. Oh, I. I. I'd, I'd wear that. Bro, imagine if we had a documentary about like our high school, bro. Bro, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I hope they let us keep our phones so I, we can make our own quote unquote documentary. We, we we have our own last, you know. Yeah, that'd be dumb fire, bro. I'm just saying, bro. What would our documentary even? Because this is what was. What is there to to to. to what bigger morale or what, what gang would people like? Oh, look at these hoodlums. <laughs> Wait, the last dance was really about like the Bulls front office and like all that, right? Bulls front office. That's the thing. It's it, it. I like the way that the last dance did it because it played out kind of like a movie where they talked about whatever was going on during the, that point in the season, a certain yeah. point in the season. Yeah. But they also relayed back to like how Jordan started off how you know it progressed and got to certain points so that's how i think that's what made the last dance so good in general because if they just talked about that season it probably wouldn't have been as good as it was but yeah what would our last dance what what would our documentary thing is though the last dance ended on a very high note what would our game six shot be like i want to know what what's going to be the the, the climax we we We've always, uh, I think we've had a grand finale. What would our graduation, right? It has to be graduation or prom, maybe. Probably, yeah. Just something that's gonna make us feel like champions. Yeah, either that or the um the talent show thing that we about to do. Man, all right. So heads up with the me and the Ko are going to communicate two time. We're going to be performing at a talent show, the talent show for our school. I think that's gonna be something very, very good. Let me just tell you, bro, my day was, I just quote real quick, my day today was the most up and down shit of all time. I mean, bro, that's every day with you these days, bro. Like, all right, it, it was already starting off mad. I was already kind of mad because you couldn't come over. Yeah. Was like, damn, I was I was hyped to watch the transform to the end of the Revenge of the Fallen and start Dark of the Moon. Which, by the way, you, you think he, he would let you out tomorrow? Bro, I'm not even going to get into that, bro. That's damn. That's 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 a whole nother that's a whole nother beast we gotta tame, but um yeah. I'm hoping right, just 
Let's let let's both have modest hope that you can come over tomorrow though, because these movies, bro. That's one thing. So me and Kenneth have been watching movies recently, and the most recent ones were Transformers, two Transformers movies. It was Age of Extinction, which he hasn't seen before, and um, the first one since it's been a while since I've seen him. And I like to do this thing where I like to watch the movies and like see my friends' live reaction to them because I don't know it's a nice little. You get to see what they think about the movie, how they think, how people watch. You get to see how people watch movies, and then like you watch a movie that like, people watch movies differently. You get to see how your friends watch movies. I think oh, that's always something I, I enjoy about watching movies with my friends. So I was showing Kenneth uh, Transformers movies. As of right now, we're on on Revenge of the Fallen. Because of how long Transformers movies are, we split. We're splitting it up. So we left it off at the part where Optimus died. And spoiler alert. Right, so, spoiler, yeah, spoiler alert for a movie that's well over ten years old. <laughs> um. So, real quick, what's your opinion on *Revenge of the Fallen*? Just gonna ask you that. Which one is that? The, the, the one we're watching. Yeah. Um. Um. Let me see. Um. I feel like. I feel like it's a natural extension of the first movie. Like so far, there's really nothing that's really out of pocket or um that's like really out of place. Maybe it relies too much on like humor that's not related to the plot, I guess. But I mean Yeah, some of them, yeah. Well, I mean, when you're trying to develop characters, I guess that's needed, but I don't like know. The, the stuff with Sam's Sam's mom getting high and like Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. the geek dudes. Yeah. Nah, bro. I think I think something that I like that you're gonna see, you know, when we watch when we get to the third movie and stuff, is that that scene with Optimus foreshadowed the hell out of the, out of the third movie. Not not him dying, but the scene with Sam was like, yeah, you know, we need you more than you know you know type stuff. Oh yeah. So that's that's one thing. That's I that's one thing about Revenge of obviously like. In a series where, for some reason, Optimus already is stagnant screen time, because obviously if the nigga died, he's not going to have a lot of screen time in the second one. But in the fifth one, I don't, I don't get that, bro. How do you have someone like Optimus Prime show up for nine minutes of the entire movie? That should have been a... I'm not excited. To, I'm, I mean, we're we're gonna get to that movie, but oh my god, the last night is so dog shit. It's not even like, I it's like I need you to see it to see how much it disrespected the, everything prior to it. I mean, hey man, when it comes to movie franchises, it, only rarely does it get better with each sequel. That's the thing. The first three Transformers movies, I think I genuinely think it got better, like. I generally think that my my favorite one out of them is the third one. That's a personal taste, oh. and that's that's why I was like that's why I was, that was another reason why I was a bummer because the third one is my favorite, and I was hoping that we could watch that like today or tomorrow because uh. that's oh my god the third one is so good, and I was like it's one of like bro, these movies could have easily been left off at a trilogy and it would have been good, but money, money talks in Hollywood. Mm. Um, but out of the movies, I think movies that me and Kenneth have seen recently, we have watched Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Um, so we, he watched the Mortal Kombat movie. Mm. 
he watched Into the Spider-Verse for the first time. Mm-hmm. And the Transformers movies now. I want to ask you, out of these movies that you've seen so far, which one is your favorite one? My favorite? Yeah. All right, so you watched Rise of the Machines, Into the Spider-Verse, Transformers. Um, one and four. And sort of two so far. Um, I'm not going to hold you, bro. One I enjoyed the most, probably Transformers, bro. The first, the first one. Yeah. What I'm just gonna ask, what made that like? Because I, I like to, you know, we can have these little deep movie conversations. What made that one like? What about that one stood out to you more than you know? Like, what, what, what do you like about it? Type stuff. I think it's because of just like how, like the movie was structured like. It's like a Hollywood movie. You feel me? Like it didn't try to do anything that it wasn't it wasn't supposed to. It didn't try to answer any philosophical questions or try to characterize the characters beyond their scope or you know, do anything that seemed out of whack for a movie about alien robots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just feel like the movie was perfectly written. I don't feel like the script there was no there's nothing about the script that I found, oh, that would have happened in real life or that's not sensible, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah. I really, I just, I really liked it. Like, I really, like, I really enjoyed it, especially the ending sequence. Was good. Oh my! That entire final. All right. So I just want to say like, a few things that made Transformers hella unrealistic. Because obviously, apart from the fact that it's Transformers, yeah. number one, the scene where they got where Sector Seven called back up, and you know all the Transformers they they rolled out right that mm-hmm. Optimus was running through a a California suburb. Oh Can yeah. you just let that sink in that this giant ass robot. Not even a suburb because he was in the spot that that was obviously the, the sewer part. Bro, nobody you cannot tell me that there's a way there's even for 2007 standards, you're not telling me there's a way nobody in America is talking about that the next day. You're not going to tell me that. It's not like he was running through. No, those were some popular streets he was running through, bro. You're not telling me that that the government, that a whole bunch of a fleet of helicopters transported a robot through the sky and nobody, no media outlets. And this is before the um, that Decepticon virus that shut down world communications. So people were very much so could have been alerted by them. Like, yo, there's, there's just no way in hell that would have ever happened. Yeah, but yeah, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. But when it comes to movies, like what, like arbitrary details like that, you can't really focus on, or else it's gonna derail the plot. Feel me? Yeah. But just god damn, that just that got to me for some reason. I was like, it never did get to me, but all right, that and the fact that there was like, oh yeah, as a military, we're trying to hide this very valuable cube and you know thing that will that thing that could potentially bring the apocalypse. So we know that the enemy robots that are fully capable of destroying things at will, we know that they're chasing us and following us. Let's go to Los Angeles. Of all places, right? That's like, like that is so you, dumb, bro. Like y'all, y'all, whatever human casualties were suffered that day, and there was definitely a lot. If that was a rated R movie, I'm just gonna predict that that would have gotten the invincible treatment with how they were doing civilians that would have definitely got the invincible treatment oh like, my goodness 
yeah, we're going to go to Los Angeles and just completely fuck everything up in that in <laughs> in LA. That's one thing that Invincible I feel like really got right. Collateral damage, bro. That's oh a big thing when, when it's coming to like superpower beings. Humans are fragile as hell. Like they we're really fragile, bro. When it comes to indestructible robots and superpowered aliens and all that, if they battle in the middle of a populated city, there's there's like there is literally zero percent chance that somebody is not going to die. Yeah, that's a bro. Oh my god, bro! If you can, bro, pull up, pull up, like either either tomorrow or this weekend, bro, because you need to see that third. I don't even give a damn if we don't see the other, the fifth movie, the third. I'm like, I just need to get the trilogy done so you can see like what I like. I think you would fuck with the third movie as the best one. Mm. That's just my prediction. I mean, all right, so yeah, I think you would. I think it wraps it it all over, but wraps things up in a good, pretty bow. But I was watching something too about Invincible that was like, bro, Invincible really hammered home an incredible like. So before I so before I left Mississippi, I was binge watching Invincible with Kenneth, and for the most part, you watched every episode except for the last one together, and. The thing about the last episode, well, obviously got spoiler alert for Invincible. I mean, anyway, spoiler alert coming up because you know. So if you don't want to hear, if you don't want to hear nothing about Invincible, the show, I'm not. Yeah, uh, uh, Amazon Prime. Y'all know what I'm talking. Y'all know what we're talking about. Yeah, we skip because I feel like up to up to now we gave it a good some. We get a good, you know, we haven't and we gone into details, but as of from this point forward, we're gonna go into some certain details. So spoiler warning. I'm I have I'm sorry for anyone that gets you know, but proceeding on, this the um, the scene with Omni Man fucking up the entire everyone's day, and just with the thing specifically the stuff to Mark, bro. Oh my! Like it's like one something that carries that and how powerful it is is the performance given by James um. Oh my God! I'm drawing up Blake on his name right now. Oh, what is his name? Hold James on, Jonah. It's J. Jonah Jameson. J. J. Jonah, bro. His performance is what escalated that to the max. Like he he played the hell out of Omni Man. Props to him. He did. He was the. I think that's. Oh my God! That's another thing. Invincible's cast is high key, just like a very good constructed basketball team. Like yeah. everyone has a everyone on that roster has a great resume, and just make just invincible is definitely a ring. Invincible is definitely a ring for that entire team. Mm-hmm. They just that everyone played was played to a good role or a good tee. No voice felt out of place. That's another thing too. Even with the destruction, like all right, that's well, this is one thing that I think it captures to an incredible degree. Even when people aren't dying, and you can see how fragile they are. The human characters, in even background background characters, are given character and are given like they act like real people, and it's portrayed very well. Like nothing feels forced. Example: the relationship with um that security guard and his son, with the London trip and whatnot. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like just little things like that, bro. Oh my, that they just feel so pure, pure. It makes it, it makes the world of Invincible feel more real than what you know. Even it makes it. I'll go to to the stretch to say. It makes it feel more real than stuff of that of Marvel and DC. Yeah. That might be a stretch, but 
you know, it makes it feel like it has weight because it can do. That's another another positive thing. It can do what Marvel and DC are obviously very afraid to do in explicit detail. Yeah. So, but, but you see, the thing with Marvel and DC, look, DC is not supposed to bend the imagination of the reader. It's supposed to transport the reader into a different type of world. Feel me? Mm-hmm. And then Marvel is to bend the imagination of the reader, but not too much where it's like, okay, this could be a reality. It's sort of like an alternate universe. Invincible yeah. place in our world. If those type of characters, those type of characters could live in our world. Those are how people in our world act. Feel me? So and this is I like, guess oh my god. Yeah. Bro, even just minor plot twists like the Titan episode. First of all, shout out Machine Head. Machine Head was both <laughs> Machine Head by far out we've we've all watched TV and shows but uh, Machine Head by far is the best one episode villain to ever show up. I want more yeah. Machine Head content. You work for me. Yeah, bro, that was mad funny. <laughs> it's mad. It's funny because it works. Bro, Machine Head means I need more Machine Head content. I need, bro, the whole revelation with Titan being playing Mark like a hoe at the end of the episode. Bro. I was I think it's my favorite episode, I'm not going to lie. Titan one? Yeah. I think my Let's favorite. see how Mark got eviscerated by Battle Beast. Oh my! Another thing, another thing that adds on to Invincible's pureness, bro. The main there is no such thing as plot armor, none. Not really. Like I think that's what makes it so good. There's generally moments where you think a Mark is gonna die, and it's, it wouldn't be surprised if they carried on the show in a different way. That they do have the characters to carry on the show, but yeah. I would not have been surprised if if Invincible pulled some stuff like that where they killed Mark, and they had to. But I mean, obviously, I'm happy they didn't. I but, mean, I mean, it is called Invincible, so they can't really kill him because he's the main character. But no, bro. Even though the show is called Invincible, um, that nigga's quite invincible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. quite, from what we see, that man was getting. That's an oh my god, he was getting folded. Like I tried, even 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 with the like with the fight with the bootleg Robocops and the uh, the college campus. It's like yo, bro. This oh yeah. Is, this is oddly concerning how much of a fight this is. Um, you might want to use your powers, like, and beat them now. Like, and just, I just want to think, my, my, my favorite episode is episode eight. Just because of the, the pureness, like, the, the character, the interaction between Mark and Omni-Man throughout the entire time. Oh, whoa, what was episode eight? The last one. Oh. When, yeah, with the, just the city, uh, bro. We're, we're just the way Omni Man was going at Mark. Like, we, he killed the pilot. And he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Did that disturb you? Did that make you?" Oh like, my goodness! When he killed the pilot, bro, I was like, "Nah." Mark went through all that just to save him for for Nolan to kill him. And that he, was crazy. And like the thing, the thing with like, the thing that is true about this is like, the thing that Omni Man is doing is so messed up and crazy. That you forget his point is stupid beyond comprehension. To his I point mean, is that, oh, I live like bro, I live for you know x amount of time. I live forever. Yeah. That's why no life, like this certain life, doesn't have value to me. But it's like, bro, that is so dumb. It's legit. Like, it's it's it, it it's like, all right, compared to us as humans. 
Mm-hmm. We we have pets like freaking chameleon. Like we have we have a bunch of pets and stuff like that. Yeah, that are obviously not going to live as long as us. That does not mean our life is worth like. And this, I have, I'm a firm believer in saying, no life is worth is no. There's no life that's worth more than another life. In my opinion, mm-hmm. every life is worth equally the same, no mm-hmm. matter how big or small. That I mean, this is this is rich coming from me because I can be, I obviously kill bugs. Who mm-hmm. doesn't? But I'm, I, in terms of stuff like, all right, animals, like, you know, stuff that you would end up having sentimental, bugs are literal, literal parasites. They're, they're here for the sole purpose of fucking the earth. Not us, but, you know. Yeah. Point made, bro, just because Kyrie, my cat, is, um, is only two years old and is not going to live as long as I am, does not mean I don't love the hell out of this cat. Does not mean that, you know... I'm not gonna show care for this cat, yada yada yada, because yeah. he's still my cat. I'm still, I still very much so have a care and attachment to him, because this is my cat. But so that's to the point where when Mark, when what argument is that? Oh yeah, these people are are living living like a fraction of my life. That's why their life don't matter. What yada yada? It's like, bro, that point is so terrible, and then you're continuing to like try like it mess it mess like. Him traumatizing Mark like that, I I, I do want to see I do I what I do wonder how Mark is gonna recover like emotionally through the sec- second season because he's I, I hope that they don't brush it off. That's what I, I hope that they yeah. they don't just brush it off because bro, your dad beats the shit out of you with literal bodies of humans. You, you're you're gonna get traumatized for for life. So I do hope that they don't that they you know go deeper into that because. That's obviously going to be, you know, trauma. But yeah, bro, there's like just the way that Invincible, like you see Mark trying to save the little girl from the building, trying to say it's going to be okay, yada, yada, yada. And then her damn arm getting ripped. Like, this is yeah. how she died. Like, oh, my, that, that was making me feel like, like that's, a, that's another thing the show does. Bro, me as someone who watches shows, like, I just, I was like, so this is a thing that. I think is a big thing. It's a big um, point in media in general. The way your media is portrayed is going to, you know, change how people feel or react to it. Because, example, I am heavily desensitized to graphics. Even when, when watching Invincible, I'm heavily desensitized to the graphic stuff because I am a freaking, I love Mortal Kombat. I've always loved Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. So, in Mortal Kombat, it's the norm for Mortal Kombat to you know, have to do what it does. Like, even so, even when, you know, you're watching a Mortal Kombat movie and you see Kung Lao do some crazy-ass fatality, mm-hmm. it's a shock factor because of how crazy fatality is, but it's not a shock because, yeah, when you go into the theater, you expect Mortal Kombat to kill all people like how they do. Yeah. And I like it because with Mortal Kombat, it never feels forced or it doesn't feel like... The selling point of Mortal Kombat is not the gore and stuff like that. It, that's just what happens to be something in it. The gore and stuff like that and the, the fatalities in Mortal Kombat is a more... I don't know. Cosmetic isn't the word, but it's more like it's more something that it wears with the with the smile on its face. Mm. Now the gore and stuff like that in Invincible is used as like way different than the gore and stuff like that that would be shown in Mortal Kombat or you know or even stuff like Saw. Like it's yeah, I know shown to like once again you build up this believable world or this this not invincible world. This. And you, it, it shows you, and when you see people die in a graphic way, they end up dying in the show. It's showing that, yeah, 
this is how fragile life is and how like it's it's not it does not sugarcoat how messed up they can get or how it's just another human another crazy human moment is like in one of the earlier episodes when like the flagsons were trying to invade Earth and Mark accidentally killed the old lady. Oh yeah. Like obviously that was an accident and there's you know, Mark was clinging on to the hope that yeah, you know, she's gonna be all right. What mm-hmm. are like that's another like life is fragile as hell to this and it's it would make sense to a superhero world. It would make very sense that yeah, that's why I met that's another reason why it me me and Kenneth joke about um about we would never want to live in like a, any like Marvel or DC worse because imagine you know all the collateral damage like you're just trying to go to work and damn freaking the Hulk uses your your car as a shield or something like that. Yeah. We joke around for those reasons, but another reason I would never want to live in a, a world like that is your life, like it or not, is very fragile and can is you know it's a very dangerous world. It's not a world that I don't think anyone would like to live in. People die in these worlds all the time. Cities get messed up all the time. I would not want to live in these worlds, bro. That's like Marvel and DC and every, even like stuff like Transformers, where you see how Transformers messes up their cities. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Like that that's another cool thing about Transformers too. Like the cities that do get messed up, you can see that, you know, it, I like that's what I did like about the fourth one. It still showed a repairing Chicago, even briefly. Like they showed how I think it was eight years after the third one, but nonetheless, you see how long it would it would take to even get stuff back to that level or get back to out of if you see how messed up it can get. Like, bro, Invincible is a good ass show, bro. Invincible is like, and I know we just spoiled half the damn thing, the entire thing, but even if even even getting spoiled, bro, I feel like you should still watch it because nothing will ever take away from the actual experience you'll get. And even there's a whole bunch of stuff that we can't describe. Because you know, it's just kind of the left side. Even I want to rewatch it again just to see little things I missed, or just to enjoy that experience again. Not saying no something that good, bro. I had I my freaking. Hmm? Oh, now you can go. Now you go. You go. Uh, I think the thing about Invincible that makes it so good is that it's like I don't know. It's like you, when it comes to superhero media, right? superheroes you often see them okay like all right they're getting beat up by the bad guy they lose and then okay so what do they need to do to beat the bad guy because you all know it's gonna happen in the end when it comes to invisible bro he does not beat up one bad guy bro he like all his adversaries beat him to a bloody pope and he survives by the skin of his teeth it's like every time every time and it's not, it's not, oh, he has the power of will and courage and bravery and he's going to stand up to his foes. That doesn't matter when you get him punched in the face by someone who's lived by, lived thousands of years, bro. It doesn't matter, bro. And that's like, that's life. You could, you could bring all the courage and the willpower and the bravery all you want out of your ass, bro. If you get hit by a train, you're going to die the same person as the person right next to you, bro. That's, I feel like Invisible really emphasizes that and it's ironic because the title of the thing is called invincible and he's probably the least invincible he's probably the least invincible superhero to to be ever be shown on screen you know me that has powers like crazy 
it was crazy. Like, yeah, bro. Like, that's like, it's like, and that's something that, that's something that even I'm going to try and take ahead and nail. And I think I kind of do it in my, like, in, in some, in some, some light with my stories, but like, bro, I think that they, oh, okay. Out of context, spoiler, not even, just out of context theme for like a story, made, the Avatar thing that I wrote, bro. I don't know what, what, what you're on, but like, well, even with the chapters that are out, bro, that's a theme that, bro, like, my avatar does not get, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have the, he's not going to get that, the, or the, by the power of friendship or something like that. Like, that's something that, all right, so in the, my first avatar, so I feel like that's something that I messed up. Not even messed up, but like, I feel like despite what happened with the whole mass destruction invasion with the city thing, Mm-hmm. They got they overcame that way too quickly, in my opinion. They got because in the time that it happened in the story, it happened like in like a few days, like a day or two. You see, the thing about that about your story is it works in the environment that you set up because the kinship between your three main characters works so well that if one of those characters gets hurt or one of those characters happens to die or something, the two other characters will be so greatly affected that they'll be. They'll have to change. They'll have to move somehow. And yeah. for the Avatar, that's him going to the Avatar state, right? But yeah. if you compare it to Invincible, Invincible, like, okay, so Mark, he has friends. Yeah, right? But it's not like his friends. Like, all right, the only friend that he has as a superhero is Adam Eve and, like, the, the Guardians of the Globe, right? And the Guardians are mostly, like, co-workers to him. Yeah, co-workers, basically, right? It's not like he could receive some sort of power up or he's directly tied to them. One Mark, if Mark saw one of those people that he'd feel hopeless, he wouldn't feel angry, you know what I'm saying? Because he knows that Mark is fearless and full of fear at the same time. You feel me? It's it's like it's like he's it's like he understands the situation, but he can't do anything about it. Whereas yeah. your hero, he can do something about it because he's the avatar. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. his it's his it's his destiny to do something about it. So all you needed was a trigger and you gave a trigger. So I will me, say I would I think that's an unfair comparison. I'm gonna put a sticky note on this, but I'm I am, I am gonna look forward to like your reactions to the way this specific avatar book the the, the new one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look forward to see your reactions to how this ends. So, yeah, I'm excited to read it, man. But that's like, yeah, bro, Mark. That's that, that. This is the thing that if like even Dragon Ball Z kind of got to a good degree, because for that universe, bro, Z. I feel like Z. Right, this Freezer Saga would have been the most perfect ending to Dragon Ball, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Cause, think because the context behind it, Goku seeing his best friend die, mm-hmm. for for and I think obviously we've seen deaths in Dragon Ball up to that point, yeah. but we've never I, I don't think there's ever been a fake out like how that one was if, in my memory. If I am wrong, correct me, but I don't think up to that point there was never a fake out where oh wait he's still alive, he comes back straight Mercs Krillin, and probably at the time the most graphic Dragon Ball death. Yeah, explosion. It blew him up right in front of Gohan, right in front of, you know, right in front of um all of them. Yeah. Goku's reaction was probably, like, I think the thing with Goku was, 
he probably like, like uh, uh, this is probably comparable to how Mark would feel if he saw someone die, mm-hmm. bro. Mark, like, so Goku got you know probably felt hopeless for a second, but he got angry real quick. He snapped. The Super Saiyan thing t- came on, and obviously he was like he was more like, "Yo, Gohan, get out of here, get out of here now." Thing, you know, I'm not about to you know he's about to lose control. I feel like the thing that would that once again said that. It's, it works for the Dragon Ball workers. Goku is, at, up to that point, very capable of handling himself. Like, if this was, like, an er, er, obviously, if this was any other earlier version of Goku, he would have mm-hmm. also got murked, despite how whatever he felt, he would have also got murked. Mm-hmm. But because Dragon Ball spent all that time building up Goku to that strong warrior to that point, it mm-hmm. was very believable and very rewarding to see him being able to actually scrap Frieza and then start to get the wave, start to blow him out in that fight. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping we can get from Mark. Like, yeah, we're going to see, I'm hoping that we get to see him, yes, in this helpless time, this sad time. But I'm hoping that we, you know, we're obviously going to spend enough time with him where the tide is going to start to turn and, you know, he's not going to be that helpless. Because if, if Mark spends the entire show being a helpless asshole, I can't, I, helpless bitch, I can't, I can't do anything about that. That's yeah. going to be, that's going to be kind of bad, but I hope it kind of does that Dragon Ball thing where it could do the Dragon Ball thing where it builds Mark up to being that badass. Because he definitely is capable of doing it. I'm rooting 100% for Mark. Mark, that's another thing cool. Mark is a character you love to root for. Yeah. He's... So... But... The thing about Dragon Ball, though, is... The way they build up, like, the Super Saiyan persona in that entire arc, you feel me? It's feel like... I feel like, like they couldn't have like they couldn't make Goku go Super Saiyan then him lose, you know what I'm saying? There was yeah. no way they were gonna like let that happen. Vegeta was talking about it. Frieza was even mentioning it a little bit, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, what is this Super Saiyan? What is this Super Saiyan? And then at the end, we finally see it when we're at Goku's breaking point. So I feel like that's a perfect. So maybe if they say something about like. Because Omni Man, you saw how he was, like his face, how how red his eyes were. You know what I'm saying? That might be like some sort of state that a Viltrumite goes in. But no, when- no, no. I think you no. Know, his eyes. Remember, his eyes were red because he got they got gouged out by the their mortal. Oh, that's why. He's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. So but, man, no, the I- face he did have a he did have like a dead serious like, bro. The thing that that they there was a I think this is an underrated moment. The thing that hit me like crazy was when Omni Man like held Mark. He's like, "Yo, listen to me for the first time in your life. I'm telling you the truth." And he just punched him, bro. I'm not even marking that hit. I'm not even mm-hmm. marking that hit. Because once again, to your whole Omni Man point of him not violating life as long as his, bro. Yeah. That is Mark's in literally entire life built up to that point. To find out his dad's a villain, and then once again is proceeding to beat the hell out of him on a on a worldwide scale, literally. One thing about Invincible though is, I feel like the evil Superman trope, the evil Superman whole cliche. Well, it's not really cliche. I think it's a cliche now because all people have done it. I think it's overdone. I think Invincible does it well. Cause made it be the best. Yeah, yeah. Because it's also the most realistic. If you ever watch a show called The Boys, um, it's also on Amazon Prime. It's really good. It has an evil Superman, and his name is Homelander. 
But the thing, the difference between Homelander and Omni Man is Homelander wants to do the things that he do. Homelander wants to be evil because he really doesn't give a shit. He's just a douchebag, you know. That's just personality. And yeah, some people are just straight up dickheads, which you know, what are you gonna do Evidently. about that? But Omni Man, he doesn't really want to do the things that he does. He wants to prove a point. It's not in he's not uh uh shoving Mark through a chain uh, through a train killing a bunch of people just just because you know what I'm saying? That's something that yeah. Homelander would do. Homelander would laser a bunch of people just because. But Omni Omni Man is trying to he's trying to prove a point, you feel me? Which I feel even is already terrible. Yeah. Even though, so I just feel like that's better writing of a, a evil Superman, you know. It's a good yeah. take. Omni Man, yeah, bro. I love Omni Man. And I'm just gonna real quick talk about back um, back to Transformers. Bro, I don't give a damn what anyone says. Megatron as a villain was very underrated. And he deserves more respect. I, I like see. I think like he thinks I like I love once again something that 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 is always rewarding and it's a payoff. The buildup that they did for Megatron in the first Transformers was great because they built up that threat slowly but surely. They gave it they, they gave it the small backstory, you know, exposition. And then when we finally see Megatron and we finally see that the Decepticons starting to mobilize to get him. Bro, that scene when they're all scrambling like hell because Megatron's about to get um back brought back to life. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the that's what another way an underrated, but it was a good scene because like it it kind of displayed how like just the threat that was at hand. Like yeah, everyone collectively knew something was about to happen and it wasn't going to be in their favor. And then every every time Megatron pulled up, like even when he pulled up to to LA that first time and he just started he came down that street blasting at the bruise bro you see how everyone including the Autobots is dipping bro like bro that's oh my god and I feel like alright as of, as of right now in, in Revenge of the Fallen Megatron has kind of he's, he's, sort, he's sort of redeemed himself up to this point not redeemed but he's, he's getting more you know fun. In, in the brief time he's been in the movie he's Killed Optimus. <laughs> yeah, I feel that like was... I feel like Megatron already is more menacing in the second movie than the first. You know, because in the first yeah. movie he was menacing, yeah, but he was as menacing as a villain should be. You know, he wasn't like extra menacing. He wasn't like, oh my goodness, like here comes Doom. It's like, okay, here's the yeah. villain, here's the conflict. What do we need to do to stop him? He was a good villain though. I just don't feel like you know. He was like, I think that the other counterpart is more. I mean, second, the second movie is more yeah. menacing. That's fair enough. That's a good, that's an interesting take. Because the second but, movie, he feels like the end all be all, you know what I'm saying? Because he just like murdered Optimus Prime on the, on the behalf of the Fallen. So now it feels like, okay, Megatron could easily murder Optimus Prime whenever he wants to. So let's, you know. Well, I don't know about any whenever he wants to, because he did some whole stuff to get he how he killed Optimus with some whole with some whole level stuff. I mean, yeah, but he still killed him though. It doesn't really when it comes to war and battle tactics like 
uh, like honorable tactics that only applies to the good guys. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, very true. I just, I, 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 I love that scene. Also, I just, I just, I just love that scene. The way that the Optimus, I like that. That was a that was good expectation subversion too. Yeah, it really was. Could. They had the heroic music. They had all that. Optimus was going in. Terry, he killed that one Decepticon. Beat Starscream with his own arm. He was going off. Sam, where are you? Pink. And just killed. Just, oh, my God. I was not expecting that. I was caught. I was really caught off guard. I was like, wait a minute. Did he just stab him? Like, did he just stab him? Is he going to get up from it? I was expecting him to get up from the wound. I'm like, he just killed Optimus Prime? In the and first like, act, though, <laughs> and it's like even though you know you've seen it, but it's still though you seen it. We saw it later in the movie. It's still like yeah, bro, they really did that. Yeah, I think that was the most. That was one of the most ballsy things they did. They could have done. I mean, when it comes to a, a franchise, you really need to get creative to give it like to rejuvenate it. You know. Yeah. And, and it's not even like like Optimus hasn't been killed before, but that yeah. like that was the way they did that. I remember Optimus got killed in the first, the very first, like, 1980s Transformers movie, Optimus. Bro, that was a weird movie. And I, I need to rewatch it, like, fully rewatch it. Mm. But that movie was, like, it killed off the entire main cast. Really? On both, on, it basically killed off both the main cast on both sides. How the so, hell is that? It opened up. I, so if I if I can remember, it was it was like in the future, something like that. And uh, the war obviously was still going on on Cybertron, on Cybertron and Earth. But okay, so the Decepticons pull up. The there was a big fight, big fight that ended up killing Optimus. And mm-hmm. well, it, anyway, it heavily injured Optimus and and Megatron. Mm-hmm. Megatron was taken. Megatron a whole bunch of other Decepticons. Were taken back on the ship on their ship. They retreated. Mm-hmm. The um the dying Autobots came around Prime. He um he took he gave his spark to a new a new uh, one of the Autobots, and basically they had a new Prime. That was a new leader. Optimus passed away. Okay. Megatron on the other on the on the other hand, um, Starscream saw the chance to obviously to take control and and you know do yeah. what Starscream does. It's like, oh, you know, being a Decepticon, no, we can't tolerate um, weakness. So he tossed out Megatron. He he tossed out Megatron and all the other Decepticons, wounded Decepticons, into deep space and wow. left them. <laughs> um, but the thing about that was it's kind of weird. So they, the Decepticons, came back where there was uni- you know what Unicron is, right? You know what? Unicron. No. Okay. Damn. Okay, so I can't even get mad because he's not really represented that well in the movies. Unicron is basically like Satan of Transformers. Okay. Unicron revives Megatron. It's like Megatron was like, "Yeah, I'm slave to nobody." Yada yada yada. Unicron's like, "No, shut up. I'm about to enslave you. You know, I'm I'm gonna take control of. He takes control of Megatron. Mm-hmm. He revives Megatron and his small amount of armies. Um." He gets revived as Galvatron. Yeah, that's so. That's another thing that the fourth movie got mixed up. Galvatron should not have been that whatever that was. You see, so that's right. You haven't even seen all all of them yet, but you see how much Megatron is a threat, even the first and the second movie. 
and how he played third fiddle in the fourth one. Yeah, I'm I'm familiar with that whole Megatron becomes Galvatron storyline. I, I don't I do not think they executed it good in the fourth movie. That was like, bro, the entire like, the, I I get the, the concept of it was good, but like, yeah, bro. I think what really like set it off was the fact that it was a human creation, you know. Yeah, no, no, that I did like. So it was a human creation, but the way that they said that Megatron was the one behind it, programming everything was yeah, a yeah, smart yeah, thing. yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like yeah, Megatron manipulated him, but like I just I don't know. I feel like if it was more organic, or if he got like reincarnated to keep that same foreign alien feel, instead of oh, I could just build a robot and I mean I could just manipulate somebody to build me again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and even watching a Transformers movie, like you're gonna see. Bro, the the technical technological advancements they had to do to make those transformers were not probably probably not possible in eight years. Yeah. I highly doubt that. But nonetheless, so yeah, Megatron comes back as Galvatron. His so this his armies. Megatron pulls back up to the Decepticon lair. They're chronic star scheme as the new as the new um leader. Mega mm-hmm. Galvatron uh-huh. rolled up, killed Starscream on the spot. He was like, yo, does anyone else want to challenge? And like, no, nope. No, sure. <laughs> and I don't really remember all the plot of the movie after that, but it's like, yeah. That was a weird, that was a weird thing. And it was also a thing for like the next like three or four seasons of the show, too, because it was taking place on Cybertron. It was like just, just drastically different from the first and the second one. I don't know, first and second seasons. I don't mm-hmm. really want to rewatch G1. Only thing is, 80s cartoons are interesting. Mm. 90s cartoons are elite, not gonna lie. Bro, yeah. 2000s cartoons, too. Yeah, definitely. 2010s lost me a little bit. Early 2010s was good, but kind of lost uh, me. 2010s, yeah, I can't. I don't rock with anything. I can't. This is obviously just getting older, too, but yeah, I can't rock with anything that is out right now. From the Nothing 2010s, for- all I mess with is uh, Adventure Time, regular show. Maybe Steven Universe. Oh, um, Amazing World of Gumball. Amazing World of Gumball. Oh yeah, 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 definitely, definitely, definitely. That's the I, I, I think that's my that's my personal favorite because I never I was never a Cartoon Network kid, but Amazing World of Gumball was the only show that I really watched on Cartoon Network. Oh, I so never watched. You, you was on Nick. Yeah. Mm. Nick had some had Nick had some all right shows for the for the twenty tens. Had Tough Puppy. Um. Oh, they had um Fairly Odd Parents. That was two thousands. Really. Yeah. Wow, I remember watching that in 2010. Probably... Legend of Korra. Oh yeah, Legend of Korra. Then again, it's hard to put to categorize Avatar as you know, cartoons. I mean, it's it, more, it obviously it's more, it's more animations, you know. Yeah, but one of the yeah, so. Oh no! I don't know. I was, oh, oh no! I mean, I was, had a lot of mid stuff. Yeah, I was always a Cartoon Network kid, to be honest. Ben 10, Generator Rex. Oh, my goodness, man. They even had anime. The, the thing that really sold me on Cartoon Network is that they had anime on there. Feel me? Yeah. That's the thing, bro. The thing that I started... That's how, when Nick started watching Dragon Ball... Showing Dragon Ball Z Kai, this is... Oh, yeah. That's I where that. I started to... That was my first time watching Dragon Ball. That's why I got connected to it. Bro, Dragon Ball Z Kai was the first time... Dragon Ball Z in general, that was the first time that Nick... To my memory, apart from Avatar, 
showed that people died. And then Avatar was never really said. No. In yeah. Dragon Ball Z, bro, you have no idea my a nice six, eight year old, six, seven year old me's reaction. When I saw Vegeta kill Nappa, I was like, oh my God. Vegeta hold Nappa. I'm like, oh, he's Vegeta violent. hold Nappa like crazy. It's not even like Nappa was like, he was just doing his job, bro. Like, Nappa got his, Nappa was doing good up to the point when Goku rose up. Oh, yeah, you serve no purpose. I think that, that was also drove the point of how messed up Vegeta was that he killed, as far as he know, the last two people of his race. He's a psychopath. Vegeta was really a psychopath. I think people need to really emphasize Vegeta had the probably the, one of the cra- probably the craziest 180 of any villain because he was willing to destroy the planet to kill then, Cell. You know what I'm saying? When he was no, about no, no, to- no, 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 no. He wasn't no that I I don't count that time because he he diverted. He he I think he planned from the start that he wasn't going to shoot. At, he shot towards the planet. He took the risk of blowing up the planet, but he I think he was it wasn't in his intentions to blow up the planet. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like he was like if that's something that he had to do, he would have done it to kill so you feel me? Like he conjured a blast. Like say, all right, so say I I don't think it would happen, but say Vegeta lost control, right? And he accidentally uh uh pointed it at the planet for a split second and the final flash went off. Feel me? Yeah, that would have been that so I feel like news. Then, then, like Vegeta, now he would never do something like that. He would never think to do something like that because bro, Vegeta that, now has sacrificed. That's what that, that bro, Vegeta realized sacrificed himself to, sit to crazy, the attempt to bro. save Earth. That you know, entire oh my god! Unpopular that's opinion, thing about hmm? But I sort of don't. I sort of don't like that, bro. That how he killed himself? Like how he sacrificed himself? I mean, yeah, I guess, but. My favorite, my favorite version of Vegeta is that anti-hero, that that cell Vegeta. You know what I'm saying? Well, my favorite was the Namek Saga Vegeta. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't care, bro. Vegeta, Vegeta, real life. The second he got out of he he got even a remotely amount of good, good health. Oh, weren't they on Namek? Got in the got in the ship, headed straight to Namek. <sighs> Pulled up to Namek, killed like three of Frieza's guys off rip. They, they, mind you, they hyped up Zarbon and the, the Doria a little bit. Yeah. Kui was already like, okay, whatever. Vegeta was clowning him the entire time. Killed Zarbon and the Doria. Okay. Continued then on to kill Zarbon and the, uh, to kill, go through um, the Ginyu Force. Virginia, like Vegeta's attitude that entire um series, series was just yeah. That was my favorite Vegeta. My only complaint about that Vegeta though is that he got hold by Frieza so bad, bro. Oh my god. Yeah, Frieza got the Omni Man treat. No, Frieza gave Vegeta the Omni Man treatment before think, the Omni Man. I think if you look at at whole like at how all Dragon Ball villains interacted with Vegeta. That has to be the worst. I gotta be the worst moment of a villain hauling Vegeta ever, in my opinion. Bro, he's the only villain that made Vegeta cry. Enough yes, time. bro. He made him, bro. He cried like a, bro. He, bro. 
No, it was understandable. Like he no, he broke Vegeta. He broke Vegeta one hundred. He did. He really did. And then he and then he lasered him through the uh, the chest. Goku oh had God. to bury him, bro. That's how you know it got real, like, <laughs> bro. Vegeta, bro. Not even Cell. I look. The thing with Cell is, Vegeta only lost because he let Cell power up. To be honest, I really count that as a Vegeta win. I'm not gonna lie. That that was Vegeta. That that no Cell. Cell getting yeah that that was for that would forever be a Vegeta L to me. I don't care. I love Vegeta, yeah. but that was the stupidest thing he could have. That was the stupidest. I was. I think what made make what made me mad, even though Cell's my favorite character, what made me mad about that entire little segment. Is that do you know how collectively stupid everyone was in that moment for Cell to get to his perfect form? You had Krillin not killing the Android 18. You had Vegeta doing that. Bro, literally, if either one of them did what they were supposed to do, Cell would not have made it to his perfect form. But collectively, Vegeta and, and Krillin were being stupid, which bro, led to it, you know the thing is, Dragon bro, the Z fighters keep underestimating their opponents. They don't take shit serious, bro. Like, they never do. Trunks literally told them, yo, there's these androids, bro. If you do not take these niggas serious, they will kill you. They were like, eh, eh. Mm. Well, they what did train for three years. They did train for three years. That was something. Yeah, yeah, but there was like, Vegeta just thought, oh, yeah. They, they, didn't, they didn't move a caution. They thought, oh, yeah, the androids is going to be a fight. Vegeta wants to fight 18. Like, yeah, I'm going to prove to you that you're, no, bro. You got your yeah, arm. Nah. nah, Vegeta got. Yeah, Vegeta. Oh my. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. Oh, do you that. think that's the worst one? No, because the Frieza one still holds the emotional value and stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah, this yeah, yeah, that yeah, slays yeah, his yeah. race. Yada yada yada. Vegeta. Yeah, that's. I'm so mad. I am so mad that Vegeta did not get that killing super. And in the pre- oh, he should have. No. Oh, oh my god, bro, that got me so pissed, that, bro. bro. I don't care about anyone's personal gripe with Vegeta or, or why don't why don't they don't like Vegeta, bro? Vegeta should not have gotten has should have gotten that kill. I don't care. Yes, how bro. He really should have. Bro, the main character. No, Vegeta should have gotten that kill. Have Vegeta, Vegeta ever would... killed a, a major villain? No. Let's see. I know. Uh, so Trunks killed Frieza. Goku killed Boo. Or he re. I guess you could say he killed Boo quite like close, like close, close around it. Um, he didn't. Oh, well, yeah, well, yeah. uh, and Gohan killed Cell. Oh yeah, Vegeta. I would say Vegeta sort of redeemed himself when he um blasted Cell, so he could get a little bit weak from it. But he, it's the entire reason that happened in the first place. So, bro, Vegeta always playing the role like bro. Vegeta should not should be the badass. He should not be the one, like even even with with Super and him making self sacrifices in um the tournament of power. Yeah, bro. Vegeta should have gotten something. Vegeta should have gotten something. Specifically, you had the chance to give Vegeta the most full circle and you know ending to a certain character arc, getting to kill the dude that enslaved his race. Treated treated him how he did, got it, and they, all that. But y'all gonna y'all gonna hold and give it back, give it to Goku, on, and played off as a joke. No, Akira Toriyama, I forever want to scrap with you for that. Vegeta fans are tired of getting it, bro. Vegeta deserves more. 
Bro, Goku has the audacity to become friends with Frieza, bro. Like, no, bro. I don't know. I don't think they're friends. They're definitely not friends. Bro, trust me. Have you seen, bro? I'm, I'm not gonna say they're friends, but they did work together in the last battle against Jiren. Tournament of Power. Just saying. I do that on the level of like, bro. Literally, we're getting it wiped from existence. Why would we fight in that specific moment? Yeah, that is true. But damn, the way they was working together, bro. Just rub me. Just rub me a, a, the wrong way, bro. It was cool. I guess there, was, I guess there was a cool moment where Frieza actually respected them for a, for a split second when um. It was him, I think it was him, 17, and Goku charging at Jiren. Yeah. And, like, for the one time in all of Frieza's lifetime, he did not call Vegeta, uh, I mean, he did not call Goku a monkey. And that was kind of, like, he was like, yo, I need you to throw me, um, saying, like, oh, instead yeah, of saying monkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, you know, Frieza saying, yo, you know, Frieza actually going along with the plan and actually helping them out. Yeah. That yeah. was sort of the thing for Frieza. I just also don't like, bro... Should keep characters dead. Dragon Ball would be so much better if characters died and died, yeah. died. Like, if go if Frieza stayed dead, that would have been perfect. I would go as far as to say if Vegeta stayed dead, that would have been perfect. Vegeta stayed? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I see that, because there's really no need for Vegeta and, and Super. Like, I feel like, in my opinion, Vegeta, people be like, oh, Vegeta, my favorite character and whatever, but in my opinion, I feel like they ruined Vegeta's character. Or what? Hey, Vegeta, Vegeta. He's basically an angrier Goku now. You feel me? Yeah, that does that doesn't fit him remotely. I feel like, bro. Thing is, I don't want Vegeta to be a Debbie dad, but he's he's really taking care of Trunks, and he has another daughter. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> so hold up, Vegeta being a good father. I draw the line here. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's like I don't know. I don't see that. Especially since it's a half Saiyan baby, it's not a full Saiyan. So he's like, oh, yeah, that baby's half human, you know. My Saiyan pride, I can't, like, it's like he doesn't even care about his pride anymore. Bro, I don't care what anyone says. Whatever Dragon Ball does in the future, for the love of God, you have the golden opportunity to have Bola and Pam be a dynamic duo. Bola has already, and you know, Pam has already gone through space as a baby. Yeah, Bola has super has Vegeta's genes. You have the golden opportunity to have Bola and Pam be a dynamic duo, like Goten and Trun- Trunks were. Please, please, I beg, do not fumble that bag. Um, uh... no, no, I'm not gonna get my hopes up because knowing knowing Dragon Ball, they're gonna fumble that bag terribly, but. Wishful thinking, that would have been a great, a great, that will be a great pairing. Yeah. Another thing that, oh, thing I'm excited about, they are remastering Grand Theft Auto games, the original uh, trilogy, Mm -hmm. in an Unreal Engine. So, bro, they remastered it again, bro? Like, no, I mean, he's like, instead of, so the thing that, about the PS4 releases of GTA 3 by City and San Andreas, they weren't exactly remasters. They were just like, they're the only thing changed about them is the fact that they're in HD now, like an oh. HDMI. Like they they were optimized for an HDMI, you know, viewing. Mm-hmm. But this is like on some actuality, like it's meant to make 
granted, it's making it like San Andreas, Vice City, and three look like modern games. Like an Unreal Engine is a very great like I'm gonna look at that up on YouTube right now, like how good Unreal Engine looks. But safe to say, bro. Oh my god, I'm gonna I don't even care about the GTA five release of you know whatever. Bro, please, please, please just give me this. Give me give me this remaster and I will die happy. I'll, I'll just, die happy for the your games. Bro, they just need to come out with GTA six, bro. Like I don't know what's like what's the hold up. This better be like the best game of all time they're making us wait this long, bro. It won't be. I know it won't, but I'm just saying. Best game of all... I feel like the best video game of all time is the most objective thing ever. I'm just going to look up Unreal Engine 5. Yeah, bro, this looks good. This looks really good. And it's meant... I think it's something meant for, like, PS5 and stuff like that. Like, PS5, Xbox Series S. So... Yeah, it's gonna be good. Mm. It's gonna be really good. I need this in my life. I really need this in my life. Dog, man. <sighs> how, how you been, bro? I've been good how are you right now. I'm, I'm honest to God, hoping to God, bro, that we can get these Transformers movies done tomorrow. Wishful yeah. thinking, very wishful thinking, but why is my cat just dead staring me? But, bro, bro, life is interesting. Life has been. I'm honestly excited. I'm, 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 I'm kind of excited for to return back to to school. Excited and I'm not because this is the last. This upcoming thing is our last first day. Like this is the this is the this is our last of everything coming up. Oh so, yeah. Last last one, baby. Last one dance. Last one. It's gonna be something, bro. One thing we need to I don't care. We need to do this, bro, for Halloween. We need to be like Scorpion and Sub Zero for Halloween. That'd be perfect. You need to buy costumes for that. Shit, nigga, I'll get the costumes. Man, I don't even know where they sell them at. Probably Party City, maybe. Or Amazon. Bro, I don't even I don't even need to do I don't I don't want to do the um like the MK9 ones because the MK9 ones are gonna be goofy as hell on us. Word, I, bro. Because but I I just want to do like the MK1 or MK3. Yeah, the classic. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Those yeah. are the yo. We do those, bro. Perfect, perfect. I'm not gonna lie. Mortal Kombat needs to dial it down on the designs, like the cosmetics. Nah. At least at MK least designs be fire. I feel like. You know, I don't know. When I was looking, I was really looking at Raiden's MK um MK2 design and even his MK1 design. And I just really prefer it over all that, you know. The stuff all that, got now. Yeah, all that gold and I feel like it's more it looks more godlike, if that makes sense. I know that doesn't make sense because like it has the royal gold and the royal blue, whatever, but it's just something about that. I think it's just cool, you know. Yeah, bro. I was I finished MK11 today. Finally, Thunder God Liu Kang, bro. Is a oh, the story mode. Oh, the story mode. Yeah. Oh. Liu Kang becoming a Thunder God is a dub. That's a big dub. Yeah. He finally excited. redeemed him after all. Like Liu Kang is meant to be the not the protagonist. 
So yeah, Luke is the protagonist of Mortal Kombat. Even though Scorpion is the poster child. Like you feel me? The 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 way Scorpion's never does. been the main character. Like, but Lu, it's always mostly been around like Liu Kang, you know, Earthrealm got Earthrealm bomb dudes. Yeah. But Liu Kang, after getting, I wouldn't know. I would say like, so the thing that I like about Deadly Alliance or the early MK, they really did have the the balls to sort of imagine this. People waited years from like Mortal Kombat four to Mortal Kombat um, Deadly Alliance. Just think what the build up they had to have. How excited people must have been. Oh, yeah. In the opening cutscene, Liu Kang gets his neck snap. Liu Kang is dead and he is not Bro, how game. did he... I, bro, I just feel... The only thing about that scene is I just fail to understand how Liu Kang let Quan Chi and um, Shang Tsung run up on him like that. To be fair, that is Quan Chi and Shang Tsung. They, that's, they, they were hyped up. They, I... The, the, what, I, what I like about the, the early Mortal Kombat games, well, the 3D era Mortal Kombat games, is that their setups were short, but they always it always had some cool had some cool um, intros. And the Deadly Lions intro specifically just showing off, like, Quan Chi and Shang Tsung, two powerful-ass sorcerers. Well, two powerful, uh, you know, yeah. teaming up, taking down, like, killing. These dudes killed Shao Kahn. Jumped Shao Kahn. You know, started taking out whoever would have been a threat. So I think it's not that it's not that hard to believe that. Yeah, if Shang Chun and Quan Chi jumped and killed Shao Kahn, they definitely could jump and kill Liu Kang. Probably way easier too. But it's crazy how they really let two sorcerers sneak in the Shaolin Monk Temple like that. Like, was nobody else around them? Did they just kill everybody? I forget. But Quan Chi. I mean, well. I don't know about Quan Chi, but Shang Tsung can disguise himself as people, so that's probably oh yeah, 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 that's true. But um, man, oh, you think Quan Chi? I mean, you think Shang Tsung could do that to other people too? He can. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean first? Like, can he disguise other people too? Oh, uh, uh, that has never been shown, but probably wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past him. Man, that's it. That's a good question. I feel like Shang Tsung's power need to be explored more, you know? Also, Quan Chi is one of the most, like, bitch-made characters in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I like I like the concept of Quan Chi. I think his, his design is one of the most badass ones in Mortal Kombat. Quan Chi, to me, bro, Quan Chi is my, my favorite villain in Mortal Kombat. But as a person, he, he got to be the worst one. He's the, he's the worst person. And villain. Yeah. Actually, even... Even even as a villain, bro, how do you sell the infinite? How do you sell the bag all the time? Like, how do you? I don't know. Quan Chi is not like he is always like. I think Quan Chi is always making mistakes and they're always just. Actually, bro, when it comes to like who has like a worse moral code, I might give it to Shao Kahn, bro. And oh well, in terms of no, in terms of what they've done, Shao Kahn has definitely been way worse than Quan Chi. Shao Kahn has enslaved entire realms and worlds. And, bro, kidnapping Katana and raising him, raising her like she was, like he were his father. She was his father. I'm not, bro. That's not even the worst. To me, that's not even the worst thing Shao Kahn has committed. He killed a man and smashed his wife, bro. Yeah. And the wife went along with it. That's a message. That's a message. Because one thing about MK11, I think that it, it... it always like yeah, what if Sindel was? It's always like uh, Sindel is um is under control, yada yada. No, no, Sindel fully 
fully welcomes being evil. Word. So, um, Sindel is grimy. I and, they put, and they put her husband's soul in Ermac, right? Mm-hmm. And Ermac is nowhere to be seen in Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 11, which is odd. Dumb. He didn't he didn't die either, so... Should have been in the movie, to be honest. Probably save it for the sequel, though. I feel like they had a few like Noob Saibot, um, the good guy Sub Zero. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to that, but yeah, they really had Rico do nothing in that movie. That got me pissed. I'm not gonna lie. Rico played twenty snow minutes. Chill. Um, Rico Rico could put in work, bro. You need to stop playing with him. Rico putting in work on the bottom no, of the pit now. No, 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 bottom no, of the pit no, now. no, 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 no. No, we know we don't discuss that. <laughs> that's not something we discuss. Rayco, Rayco, smoking that Rayco pack. Yo, that's crazy, bro. He really did the deal with Melina, bro. Oh my god, Rayco is. Rayco looked at Melina with full confidence and clapped that. Yeah, bro, he only did so. that because she was she. He only did that because she was condom at the time, right? That had to not be not even. Not she wasn't even condom even. at the time. I don't think there was a civil war going on at the time. Yeah, all right. So it, it was between her and Kodo. So I think there was no definitive leader. Yeah. So wait. Yeah. Uh, nah, I think it was Kodo. I think it was Kodo was con. I think Kodo was kind of man. Melina was trying to overthrow him. Because Reiko really, really did that. I hope he did that for political influence. I really hope that's why he did that. I mean, no, he he got he ended up getting killed though. So. Oh yeah, that's crazy, bro. They keep homing Rako like he can't he wield Shao Kahn's hammer. Like, why would you make a character be able to wield Shao Kahn's hammer and then hold them every single time they're on screen? You know what I Quan Chi, though, on the level of the world, the thing that Quan Chi messed up as he real life follows the trope of oh yeah. I'm gonna reveal all my evil backgrounds for yeah. no reason because, yeah. like, yeah, bro, we get it. You, you, when you killed Scorpion. All right, so wait, in in Mortal Kombat, Scorpion's Revenge. I don't know if you've seen it yet. You should really watch it. Mm. It's basically like a re- it's like a movie version of Mortal Kombat Nine. Yeah. So, Quan Chi tricks Scorpion into killing Sub Zero. Uh huh. And at first. Scorpion tried to take both of the like. Scorpion tried to kill him and Sub Zero at the same time because it's like, okay, I've already avenged my family. What else is there to live for? Type stuff. Yeah. Quan Chi's dumbass comes to the bottom of the pit. Oh yeah, idiot! It was, I I'm the one that killed your wife and son, not Sub Zero. Why oh, would you do D-dum. that? Oh, did why, why? 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 There was no reason. There was no reason to do that because as soon as he told, as soon as he told Scorpion that, what Scorpion do? Get enough willpower to get off that spike and go and try and kill Quan and kill, and he did kill Quan Chi. And he he spun back at MKX, right? He caught him. He caught him back at MKX. Yeah, I'm yeah. I was going. I was just going based off of what they did at um in that movie. But yeah, he spun back and killed and killed uh killed Quan Chi. Yeah, I think he sliced that over here. Like yeah, clean off, bro. Quan like, Chi, all he had to do, bro. Was just shut up, like people understand, bro. 
that's really the best thing you can do in certain situations. Just don't say anything. As bro. a villain, I'm like, bro, I would never, ever in life, like, oh, yeah. Like, you, did you know how much motivation it's going to give that whoever it is if you just say, oh, yeah, I'm the one that this, did this traumatizing thing to you? Yeah. yeah. You, you cooked yourself at that point. Like, bro. villains do that. It, it's It's... The only no, thing, like, oh. the only thing that villains, the only thing that villains should do that the heroes don't is do bad, bro. It should do everything else that the heroes do. The heroes don't review the plan. The heroes don't wait for for the villains to escape. Like I don't, where's the disconnect there, bro? I get you're trying to. <laughs> Revel in your evil glory, but there's there's matters that need to be attended to, bro. Like, like, bro, y'all be villains, villains. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I already don't, bro. Shao Kahn didn't even do that. Shao Kahn, bro. As soon as Kumala won that fight, he cracked his neck and said, "Who's next, bro?" <laughs> bro, I I told I told Kenneth this off all stream. Bro, the saying "Who's next" is so underrated and badass. Like, I don't know why, but there's just something, something very glorious about calling game in anything—basketball, whatever it may be—of just calling game and saying "Who's next." There's just some a level of power to hold in that, in that, in that um, moment that I love, or that's probably just me think, making a god complex out of everything. But I feel like a damn badass when I say "Who's next." Like the game when they was like they was arguing with the score trying to try to hoe us with the oh, score, yeah. and I just I think I, I wasn't even anything crazy. I just got the ball, hit the shot. Who's next? Mm. That was just that was perfect. Solid, was pure. But hey, uh, I'm gonna be real. I'm pretty sure we have hit our target time. If not, you know. So I from me and Kenneth. It has been a solid night of, you know, we're back. We're going to be, be doing more podcasts. Wow. Um, ho- hopefully, we don't disappear for two more months again. <laughs> um, already lost half our damn viewer base by now. <laughs> Tough. Um, but, yeah, dog. So, we're going to have more topics. You know, we're, we're, there was a heavily media discussion today. But, you know, we're obviously going to have more topics. Man, when school starts back, we're going to have some. <laughs> Man. Oh, just wait. Just chill to the next episode, cause Heavenly Father, we got some. No, we got we gonna have some shit. But yeah, dog, from Mamba Ants and Tail Two Time, peace out, Mamba out. May y'all have a great day or safe night. All right, peace.